Hey, Anna. Remember that time the gentleman pirate and Blackbeard had a messy breakup? to remember that time in historical podcast i'm your host anna webb and i'm your host amanda webb this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out in all their favorite moments in history and this week on amanda's hyperfixation bleeds into the <laughs> podcast yeah that's it we're gonna that's talk it. about steve bonnet <laughs> yeah that's a that's it baby that's it that's the story of the podcast in general but also this week <laughs> yeah definitely today also mm-hmm. we were both just silent laughing so much uh-huh. at Amanda's opener that we like I was afraid she wasn't going to be able to say her intro because she was laughing <laughs> quietly laughing to ourselves yeah I liked that one I was I liked thank it thank you I hope thank everybody you. else did because I like there it. Were, there's another secret one that was also really good that because I had to pick do you <laughs> want to just um do you want to just take that sure 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 okay, the okay, other one okay. the other one um was Remember that time the solution to a midlife crisis was piracy. That's so there's pretty two good. For the price of one. There's That's two for the good. price of one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Great. before we get into your new uh, obsession, would you like a mm-hmm. drink update? Of course. Guess what? It's red wine. Ooh, and guess what? It's water. Great. Hey. I feel like red wine is appropriate for talking about pirates. Totally. They drink a lot of. I mean, alcohol, rum would be most but, appropriate. Well, but. yeah, but I don't have any rum, so yeah. And also, oh. like, <laughs> I could go for like a smoothie with some rum in it, mm. but I don't have any rum, so yeah, such is life. Mm. Yeah, if you're if you uh, live under a rock, the reason I'm currently obsessed <laughs> with Steve Ponnet, the Gentleman Pirate, is because of the HBO Max television program. Our Flag Means Death, which is the best television show that's currently airing, I believe this wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's pretty good. I haven't finished it. I've Um, watched it four times. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about halfway through. Amanda has watched it in its entirety four times, so that's where we are. Um, But we're going to talk about the real people today. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. real people. Now, we had on our list of podcast topics for one of us to do Blackbeard, which we still probably will. Um, He's going to come into this story a lot, but I tried really hard to not just talk about him and the parts where he's present because I want us to be able to do an episode on him that really does just focus on him and what he did. Yeah, well, listen, Um, Amanda, um, I did uh, individual episodes on, like, all of the tutors, so (laughs) I feel you. Yeah. I feel Um, you. So I tried to mostly focus on Steed, but Blackbeard becomes a very important person in his life as we go on. So we'll, you know, we'll get there yeah. when we get I there. I mean, but. listen, if I could do an episode on both the last Romanovs and then separately Rasputin, yeah, we're good. We can do, you know? we can do these two. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into it then. Let's do it. So Steed Bonnet, yes, you are hearing me, Steed, not Steve. <laughs> Let's see if I can do it every time. <laughs> Steed Bonnet is born in 1688 to Edward and Sarah Bonnet in Bridgetown, Barbados. Um, we don't know, or I at least couldn't find his exact date of birth. He's christened on July 29th, so it was probably in June or July of that yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I saw somewhere say that his birthday was 
June 29th, but I think it might have just been an association with this date of his christening, you know what I mean? So, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere uh, in Hard there. to confirm in the year 1688, I assume. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We'll just add him to um, the list of the people whose real birthdays we don't know on this podcast. Who's to say? Who's yeah. to say? We got the year. The date. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So his parents own a 400 plus acre sugar plantation on oh. Barbados. So they're uh, his rich. Gr- yeah, they're rich, rich. Yeah. His his grandfather was actually a part of the group of people who first settled on Barbados. So they, the hmm. people who like came and like cut the down colonizers. all the jungle space. They, yeah, yeah, the colonizers. Yeah. Um, and and he set up that plantation, and then his huh. um son, you know, got it after him, and it was super super profitable by the time Steed was born. Right, wow. they're super wealthy. Um, important note. The plantation is run on enslaved labor, yeah, as well. is pretty much everything on Barbados. Yeah. Um, so, you know, relevant to know that that was, like, very much a part of his life when he was there. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that was yeah. kind of their thing. As, uh, yeah. Terrible. Uh, well, Barbados was. was, like, the first mm-hmm. point in the Atlantic slave trade. So, right. you know. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Um, it, it is the model just... for everywhere else that did it after. So yeah. yeah. Ugh. Well, yeah. you said plantation, and I was like, yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. Well, and sugar plantation. Oh uh, yeah. This is yeah. like in the height of the sugar boom, right? Too, which is why it's so wealthy. You know. Um. So he, when he's six years old in 1694, both of his parents die. Whoa. Um, twist. His father, I, th- I, I don't know exactly what it was. Some, you know, illness or complication of his health or something. Uh, he died first, and then a couple months later, his mother died. And you know, we kind of assume that it was of grief. You know, hmm. after losing her husband is kind of the general consensus. Um, the story of this episode is going to be this is the general consensus, by the way. <laughs> okay. Because um, yeah. the the sources on his life, I'll note this now because it'll come up later, um, are two major things that we pay attention to. The book, A General History of Pirates by Charles Johnson, which is a hugely important document when it comes mm. to the history of pirates and also is a hugely inaccurate document when it comes to the history <laughs> right, of pirates. Right, right. So everything from that you got to take with a grain of salt. But also... Way later, when we get to towards the end of his life, he was on trial, which means there are mm. lots and lots of documents surrounding his trial. Sure. So a lot of this stuff can be confirmed because of that, but then a lot of the rest of it is shrouded in the same mystery that all of pirate legends are. I was just going to say, there's a lot of mythos when it comes yeah. to, you know, it's all very, like, legend. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's all very fantasized about, you know, like it, yeah. it gets blown out of proportion. So some of it we know and some of it we don't know sure. quite as well. Anyway, so he's orphaned at six years old. Um, his The state is put under a conservatorship until he's old enough to inherit it. So just other family members like take care of him in the plantation until he's older. Mm-hmm. So he has a really easy childhood despite yeah. being an orphan i'm he just, so like, has... sorry i'm sorry i just realized i just cracked my knuckles right into the mic i'm so <laughs> sorry i didn't realize Making i was life doing harder. it <laughs> i was like resting my chin on my hand and it happened i was like uh-oh that was right into the mic <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> anyway continue um yeah so he has a pretty pretty easy childhood 
just outside of the losing his parents, because uh, he just kind of has free reign of this land, right? There's not an exact re- record of his education, but because he was so wealthy, it's very likely that he receives good education, likely some kind of liberal education because, um, you know, it's British aristocrats living mm-hmm. in Barbados. So that, you know, was the kind of thing he probably got. But from a young age and through his whole life, he is an avid reader. This is I a got really- that from the show. Yes, this is a really important fact about him because it's Mm going to be relevant as we go on. Right. Um, As he gets older, he starts, you know, taking control of running the estate, doing the business, and he hates it. It's just really boring. He doesn't like the work. He doesn't really see a point in it. Almost as soon as he starts doing it, he he hates it, which is relevant. Well, you know, we'll wrap back around to that. I was going to say, it kind of speaks to his personality. He's a little more Very much. He's he's kind of free spirit kind of guy. (laughs) That's very much his energy. Being Um, in charge is not... Not, doesn't come naturally to him. No. Right. <laughs> uh, but that's also why it's um, assumed that he probably got some type of liberal education, quote unquote. Because sure. that type of education, especially in this time period, is very much about like the free human, right? Like that's like the that attitude philosophy would not, of it. That attitude would not have come from his home life. It was it no, probably it came have. from like his school friends or probably, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Or his tutors or whatever. Right, exactly. Um, he is... He technically serves in the military, and here's what I mean by that. He he <laughs> he has the rank of major. You hear him called Major Steve Bonnet a lot. Um, mm-hmm. in the Barbados militia, um, it is the that was probably given to him due to his land holdings. Um, oh sure. Because I just I every man in Barbados who had a certain amount of land holdings got a a title. Mm-hmm. Um. But the the Barbados militia most mostly functioned as like slave hunters, like that's what they did. Oh. It was just keeping the the um, economy functioning. And so there's really not a lot of um, record of if he was very involved in that at all, um, or if he just had the title based on his land his holdings. Land that land. seems the most likely is okay. that it was just based on his land holdings. Um, his militia service is at the same time as the War of the Spanish Secession, but there's no record that he was ever a part of any of that fighting. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, on November 21st, 1709, he marries the daughter of another plantation owner named Mary Allenby. Uh, at this time, he's 21 and she's 16, which isn't Could horrendous. be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Could, has horrendous. been worse. On this has podcast. been worse. It's yeah. not good, but it has definitely been worse. Yeah, I would I would call that for the time normal. Well, just flat dry yeah. normal. There That's were a lot normal. of things that for the time were normal, but yeah. this one is less like ugh. ugh. I mean, it's yeah. not good, but <laughs> it's still ick, but it's not ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, eventually they have four children together: Allenby, Edward, Steed, and Mary. They named one of their children her maiden name. Mm-hmm. And I one like after that. his father, and then one after him, and one after her. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like the... I I, I love that. I had a friend in high school um, who, well, his older brother, um, his middle name was their mom's maiden name. Maiden name. I always liked yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So... You know, we were talking about how he already really didn't like his work, and now he's married, and he doesn't love that either. 
he's just bored. He ha- he hates his life. He he is like the perfect example of like he has literally everything any man in that time period would have wanted and he just hates it. He just hates it. Well, it's not his personality. No, nope, he has no things. interest in any of it. Right. Um, and because he's such an avid reader, he really uses reading as an escape. Sure. And in this time period, pirates are just incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. They are like the thing. And there are lots and lots and lots of books being written about them and, and just exploring the world in general, you know, like around the world in 80 days, like that, the, these kinds right. of ship exploration. Yeah. Just exploration big. novels in general are really yeah. popular. People's accounts of their journeys are really popular. And oh my God, does he love it? He's just read every book on the topic, you know, like it's, it, that is his obsession. He feels stuck where he is. And so he reads, all these stories that are like about escape right fair enough yeah um so let's talk about a general history of the pirates by charles johnson because okay this is this is my favorite quote about steed um so in a general history of pirates charles johnson writes that uh steed was driven to piracy by mary's nagging that he was unhappy in the marriage which i think is garbage but this quote i love and quote discomforts he found in a married state which caused him quote a disorder in his mind okay first Uh of all nagging get out of here anytime a person uses the word nagging to describe Mm -hmm. a woman they're gonna get smacked by me personally Mm -hmm. it's just gonna happen i will hunt down this probably deceased person who wrote this book and just smack him Mm -hmm. uh i hate that discomforts found in a married state i love that i I am obsessed with that it is just a perfect way to put everything about what the like his issues you know um a disorder in his mind okay bud reel it in a little bit you mean he was not happy yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, that's yes, what you that mean. is what they mean. It's, you again, know? though, it's like that's the same reason you literally put women in asylums. Uh huh. So which is yeah. it? Is it her mm-hmm. fault or is it how they are? You know, like come yes. on, come on. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. But <laughs> I hate it. there's there's some other like you know more recent writing about him that does take the the opinion that maybe he did have like. Some depression and anxiety or oh, was suffering certainly. a different type of mental break of some sort when this almost all went down. But, but that is not what he means. No, what it's not. What he it's means not. is you must be unwell because you're not happy being married to someone. Right. Married to a woman. You must be unwell. Right. Right. Yeah. Because that... I'm certain we're going to... Well, I mean, hello, look at the opener. Yeah. We're definitely going to yeah. get into that. But like... That's what he means. And that's yeah, what I have a problem is. with. Because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't mean, he doesn't mean, oh, maybe he had, maybe he was struggling with some depression and anxiety. That's not what he means. Yeah. <laughs> no. I just am obsessed with that quote. Discomforts he found in a married state. One yep. of the episodes of Our Flag Means Death is named that, which I find delightful. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, the episode is called that. Discomfort yeah, yeah, yeah. in a Married State. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's that research, that baby. That's not Yeah, I know, man. It's I so good. It. Um, it's also possible that around this time he's having some financial problems. There's records of him taking out, um, a loan of, uh, 1,700 pounds in early 1716, which is about $400,000 today. Um, but it's unclear whether that was because of financial issues or because of this next thing that we're about to talk about. Mm -hmm. 
So, in late 1716, Steed buys a merchant ship, which is a 60-ton sloop. Um, it was a pretty big boat. Oh, I wonder what that money was for. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, and throughout early 1717, he hires a shipyard to equip the ship with 10 guns. Um, he puts in a full library, which is just stupid. I You're going to be though. in the ocean. I love there- it, though. They're just, it's the it's ridiculous, and that's why it's good. Um, so he puts in a full library, and then just luxury, right? Like his cabin yeah. is all decked out and fancy all over the boat. And he calls the ship the Revenge. Right. Which is like, if you are trying to pretend to be a pirate, of course you're going to name your ship the Revenge. Are you right. kidding me? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Um, and, and, you know... It wouldn't have been unusual for a man of his standing to buy a boat like this. Um, Some people did have merchant ships that they just used for trading as an extra business, right? Sure, but they would use it probably for business, not not so much personal. Um, some people did buy, um, ships and convert them into what we would kind of think of as, like, luxury yachts, you know, just, like, sailing ships. Um, Less common, but for his class, not out of the ordinary. So mostly what I'm saying is people wouldn't have really blinked an eye at that purchase. Sure, sure. Um, he secretly, you know, through all of this, hires a crew of about between 70 and 100 men. I saw different. Wow. No, I saw different numbers um, as as I was reading. And, you know, he's he, he wants to be a pirate, right? right. So he's already done two things wrong. <laughs> First is, when you are a pirate, you do not buy your boat. You steal your boat. You steal your boat. And it's certainly not luxurious. Absolutely not. And the second thing is, um, he pays them a monthly salary for sailing with him. Right. No, 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 no. Because the point of pirating is you're going to go steal the things so that you And then share the money. Right. Yeah. Or... Not share it in some cases. Yeah. The point, the the reason that people are pirates, there's lots, but the biggest one more often than not is just that was how they could make money. Right. 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 Like they, they, they couldn't make money any other way. So they chose to do it that way. Or they had a vendetta against the crown and chose to make their money by stealing it from mm-hmm. them or whatever it was. Right. 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 He, he said, I want to be a pirate. <laughs> so here's how you be a pirate. You get a boat. I don't care how. I guess I'll buy it. And you get a crew. I don't care how. I guess I'll buy it. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, they're not sailors, right? They're pirates. Yeah, they're pirates. Um, he has no knowledge of sailing. Right. Uh, so that's he relies, the other thing. Yep, yep. Relies heavily on his crew for that because he doesn't know what he's doing. He just or doesn't pirating. like his life. And he, he has wants no to be a knowledge pirate. of pirating or how no. logistically that works. Like, no. None. Zero. It is ju- It is so ridiculous the way this man becomes a pirate. So, in early 1717, he gathers his crew and leaves his wife and children in the middle of the night to begin his life as a pirate, right? Cool. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. So, let's talk about early days of his career as a pirate. Uh, they sail to Virginia uh, near Chesapeake Bay. At this time, the... All the settlements in the United States are still colonies of the crown. Right. So you'll mostly hear it be called colony of whatever. Um, He and his crew uh, managed to capture and plunder four ships. And when I'm saying capture, I don't mean they keep the ship, right? They, they, like, stop them. They steal all their stuff. They let them go. Right. 
yeah. Um, right, because he's not sailing a fleet. He's not, <laughs> he's right. not in the in the business of taking boats at least right now right, right. he's new he's he's just sort of getting you know he's just starting out uh one getting of the his ships- feet wet uh, <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> right he doesn't do any of that That's no fair. he certainly does not um one of the ships the first ships that they run into the turbot was set to sail to barbados and instead of um, pluttering the ship and then releasing it, he has the ship burned. And he mm-hmm. does this in his early career to any ship he runs into from Barbados. It's probably because he's trying to keep them from returning home to, like, spread the word of his piracy around. Like, he doesn't want them to know that Which that's is so funny or where he is. It's so funny, though, because it's like he wants other people to know, but, like, not anybody in that one single place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, okay, you know, man. I, I, which I kind of get. It's like, you know, he doesn't want the consequences I do of his I actions don't, to, to but it's r- like, catch up to him. I do. But also, like, you already ran away, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're gone. Right? Yeah. They don't think you just, like, went out for milk. Like, you done been gone. <laughs> right. Um, they then sail to New York and take another ship on their way. Um, he uses that one to resupply his own ship. And by August of 1717, he returns to the area of the Carolinas. They take two more ships while they're in that area. And hey, can I ask something real mm-hmm. quick? So I assume that he's, like, paying them all off of, like, you know, his own fortune and stuff. Mm-hmm. What did – like, what about his wife and kids? Did he leave them money? or I don't know. Just – Okay. I have no idea. Okay. I assume so. Also, his wife was the daughter of a different sure, plantation but or, it's or now owner, his, so. It's now his financial responsibility, not her father's, because she's right. married. So, interesting. It, it's, it's also possible that he took um, just some of the built-up wealth and allowed um, the land to continue producing. Yeah, I guess that's, that's sake, true. They could have kept yeah. earning. Because yeah, I'm true. sure he had some stuff tucked away so i was just curious because i was yeah. like he's obviously paying them yeah out of i pocket, don't know for so sure. like right okay yeah um in september they decide to head for i think it's nassau or nassau yeah. i it, think it's nassau it's pronounced you know um in the bahamas which is known as the republic of pirates right it was tortuga this, uh, uh, yes it's a, a tortuga of sorts yes a tortuga of sorts um you know it's where they all hung out and spent their money and drank and got new crew and did whatever they needed to do Mm -hmm. um while they're on the way there he makes a mistake (laughs) (laughs) they are sailing down they see a ship they go "Ooh, a ship let's take it and they get close to the ship i think what was happening was that they were doing some plundering of an old spanish shipwreck and what had happened was that there was a Spanish man of war ship there protecting Oops. the shipwreck. And sure. they didn't know that it was an enormous warship when they started approaching with their Jolly Roger raised. And Whoops. then it was too late because now they were fighting soldiers. So they attacked the ship, which was a bad move. So, like, here's an example of how terrible of a pirate this man is. <laughs> he should not have done this. Um, of course, the revenge is badly damaged. Steed is seriously injured and half the crew is killed and the majority of the rest are wounded. So it goes really, really bad for them. Just like yeah. extraordinarily bad for them because they should not have done that. They should not have done that. No. They manage to escape and they make it to 
Nasu, Nasu, whatever. Um, and the while they're there, the revenge is repaired and two more guns are added to the ship. And while he's there recovering, this is where Steen meets Edward Teach, a.k.a. Blackbeard. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is what I find most interesting about this story, is that sometimes you hear it told that they meet while Blackbeard is, like, at the height of his career and, like, his idol or whatever, but that's really not true. Because mm-hmm. um, at this time, when they meet, Blackbeard is working under Benjamin Hornigold, who is another pretty famous pirate captain. Right. Um, he is captaining a ship in Hornigold's fleet and he's looking to strike out on his own. And so he kind of uses Steed as his opportunity to do that. Right. Right. I see why, I see why you might hear the other story. Kind of makes for a, you know, more dramatic story. Yeah. Probably part of that, you know, legend, right? Like, oh, his idol was Blackbeard and he was always trying to be like Blackbeard. Right. And and it's also like when you imagine Blackbeard, you don't really imagine him at the start of his career. No, you, you don't about really him on the Queen Anne's Revenge right. with smoke billowing out of his face. You know, like you, that's how that's yeah. the picture of him, right? You don't really imagine him as a young pirate startup. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so he he meets Steed and he likes him, and he also thinks that he's an idiot. Um, he's a complete he's a he's a terrible pirate captain, hey, right? Fair enough. Yeah. Um you know, and he, this is the other thing is that we make a lot of assumptions about their relationship and will as we continue on. We don't really know personally how they no. got along. Um, but you know, he he is an incredible sailor and Steed is not, and that right. much is true. And at this <laughs> point, Steed's crew is pretty frustrated with him as they kind of have been off and on the whole time they've been with him. Well, of course, Especially they are pirates. After this. Yeah. They are pirates um, and he is not. <laughs> yeah. So Blackbeard convinces Steed to temporarily cede command of his ship to Blackbeard mm-hmm. um, while he's recovering because he's still pretty seriously injured. Um, so Steed's going to stay on board of the Revenge basically as Blackbeard's guest while he recovers. And um, Blackbeard is going to use Steed's ship to set out and start looking for ships to add to his fleet. Maybe. To his own fleet that he to can his own start. Fleet. Sure. Exactly. Okay. So this is the other thing, right? Blackbeard would not have been the pirate right. that he is without Steed and his ship. Like, yeah. he used him to begin his massive career, right. which is fascinating. Yeah. Which also only happens in the course of, like, a year, by the way, which is buck wild to think about. Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, So they, you know, sail up and down the coast of America and throughout the Caribbean over the next several months. Um, they're incredibly successful. Like I have, would have no reason to list all of the ships that they take, but there are lots (laughs) of them. Right. Um, they're much more successful than Steed was on his own, obviously. (laughs) Right. They have a real captain now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, in November, Blackbeard captures a 200 ton ship named the Concord, which he keeps and renames the Queen Anne's Revenge. So again, he didn't even have the Queen Anne's Revenge. I know. I his love that. very famous pirate ship. And when they meet, he very well might have just taken that name, you know, partially inspired by Steve's oh, yeah. ship, right? Yeah. So and, and I maybe love it wouldn't name. have even been called that. Right. Either, I, you know? I love that name for a lot of reasons, um, but mostly because it's like a quip at King George. Yeah. I love uh, that. Because a lot of pirates were um, Jacobeans. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Or Jacobeans, however you say it. Um, they and they all hated King George, and yeah. so like this crew was likely Which is like, "Hey, man, I get it." Yeah, <laughs> he was um, the worst. This group of people was likely a a part of that group yeah. who were why the you know, tyrant King George, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's an oh, office man. reference, folks. Just another office reference from me, your local yep. office expert. <laughs> Um, so he decides to make this his new flagship, right? It's much, much bigger. It's much more equipped. And then he gives Steed control of the revenge again after he gets that ship, which would, had kind of been his plan the whole time, right? But also he didn't have to do, which is like, oh, no, he didn't. pretty good. Again, Steed is he mostly He must have liked him. Right. Yeah. 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 They must have been at yeah. least like friends and friendly mm-hmm. for him to to give that back to him. Um, exactly. Yeah, there were lots of reports of the early days there of them sailing together where, like, Blackbeard would be, like, terrorizing a ship and Steve would just be on the deck in his nightgown. <laughs> and his, like, silk nightgown. Like, go get like, him, buddy. There are it. a bunch of people who are, say, like, say they see Steve just, like, wandering. That would it's be really me. funny. Let's be honest. That yeah. would be me. I'd be, like, I'd, I'd have a glass of wine. Exactly. Not rum, wine. And I'd be sitting there, like... Go get him, friend. You got it. You got got this. That's my boo. (laughs) I'd be hyping him up like a drunk girl in the bathroom, you know? Yes. You're amazing. We're best friends. Yes. Um, there's a there are some tellings of this that say that Steed at this point was starting to feel a little like depressed again because like oh, what's even the point if I'm not sailing myself? I might as well just go back and start a new life. But not everybody tells that story of that mm-hmm. being his um, emotional state right now. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to say. Sure. Um, so after he gets control of the revenge again, he sails with Blackbeard for a little while longer, but he decides to strike out on his own in early December, which could, you know, be evidence to the point that maybe he really was like done being not in charge sure um which is understandable but he also still doesn't really know what his job is so (laughs) um so they sail off on their own for a while steed and his crew uh and you know take a few more ships here and there and then in march of 1718 the revenge attacks a 400 ton merchant ship uh called the protestant caesar and this great name yep sorry isn't that so good yes yeah it's a great name. I put all the ship names in here because they're all excellent. <laughs> I love them. Caesar. That's great. That is yeah. poetry. I yeah. love it. Um, this fight goes about as well as the fight with the <laughs> Spanish warship. Um, the revenge is badly damaged and Steed is again badly injured in the fight. And at this point, his crew is fed up. They are tired of his incompetence and his just general leadership. They, they hate it. And shortly after this fight, they just run into Blackbeard and his crew again. And Steed's crew is like, please God, (laughs) please put someone else in charge and let us be a part of your crew. And Blackbeard's like, okay, (laughs) I get it. Sure. So he puts uh, another man in charge of the the revenge, Captain Richards, and then he invites Steed to stay with him on his ship as a guest. Again, Um, pointing to the fact that they're friends, because any other time you would have just abandoned him. You would have marooned him or thrown him overboard. You wouldn't have Exactly. Well, and this, uh, one more point, and then I'm going to rant about that for a second. Okay. And then later... (laughs) 
uh, like, you know, as they're sailing together, Blackbeard goes after the Protestant Caesar and attacks it. And he's much more successful, obviously. So, like, there are lots of people who have the opinion of this story that Steed staying as a guest was like a... He was like a fancy prisoner, basically, which I completely understand. That is definitely a telling. There are people who experienced that, but I disagree with it, largely because of this last fact, that Blackbeard went after Mm. the ship Mm -hmm. that had had so seriously injured Steed and his crew and and his ship. And also, what is the point of keeping him as a prisoner? Exactly. Because if you're keeping someone as a prisoner, it's for leverage- or mm-hmm. to avoid getting caught. Steed what? is far too incompetent to ha- to send someone after Blackbeard. Nobody's going to go after him on his behalf. Mm-mm. And also, he's they can't get anything out of him. He's left his whole life behind. So yeah, he's got some money. And what? They have their mm-hmm. own money. At this point, they're making more money than he is. Mm-hmm. So what would be the point? Exactly. There is no point. This is... It's not the... Code of conduct, right. right? To keep a prisoner that does not benefit you as a prisoner. Right. And he wouldn't. So the right. only reason in my mind that they keep him around is because they're friendly at the very least. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and then here's the other part of this that I want to talk about is that I don't know if there are many um, scholars or studies of these people who feel this way, but I, I do know that this was the opinion of the creator of the show Our Flag Means Death, because right. he said he was reading their story, and he was thinking to himself, why on God's green earth would Blackbeard keep this man around? Why would he keep him around? Yeah. If they were not in love. Like, that was his sure. opinion of it, right? Or together in some way, or at the very least just friends, right? But like, right. in his opinion, and in the truth of lots of pirates and relationships yeah. that pirates had, it made more sense to him that they were in some type of relationship sure. of, of some I, sort. Yeah. At the very least, they were friends. Blackbeard needed a friend because he probably didn't have totally. many friends. Totally. At the very least. But mm-hmm. it is far more likely, you're right, that there was mm-hmm. probably some sort of romantic connection. Of some sort. Of some right? sort. And, and, you know, there's not a lot of um, research or reading or telling of that story, um, which is understandable. Until recently, he was not a wildly famous pirate. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's in the lore of lots of, right. of these, these famous pirates because he was out around. and about at the same time um and was in with blackbeard and his crew uh and you know quite honestly it's only been in more recent years that we've started having research and stories told about queer pe- queer pirates in the first place mm-hmm. like you know it's kind of come late in the game of oh here's a bunch of men who are spending their time together <laughs> right. you know well, yeah that's the thing like when people are like well maybe he was just a prisoner it's like okay you're just doing that thing again that everybody does they were just yeah. gal pals like you're just doing that right, right. <laughs> Right. Like you're so doing the Sappho thing, right? Where it's right. like she had an island of women. You're trying to tell me they were all friends. Yeah, right. Come on. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> it's the same yeah. thing. So so there's no strong evidence either way, really. And there's no strong research either way. But personally, I am of that opinion. Like, I yeah, feel like too. something me had too. to have been happening there. Um, because why wouldn't it have been? Every, right. Think of every other story of this type. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing, right? There's no where reason to dismiss it. Where they are not two men, it. why would they right. not be? Yeah, right. yeah. And um, that's our rant. 
Yes. Yeah. Cut. I needed it in there somewhere. <laughs> I needed it in there somewhere. Queer rants is a subset of this podcast. <laughs> it's like kind of our thing. It's like, not to brag, but <laughs> kind of our thing. <laughs> um. So uh, during the same period, Blackbeard adds one more ship to his fleet, uh, the Adventure. Adventure. And yeah, right? They're all Sorry. so good. I'd have to put all of the good ship names in. I just get um, excited. I like the ship names. And so they are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and basically more and more terrifying the longer mm-hmm. that they are sailing. It's like an know, army at this point. Yeah. I want to note um, he that Blackbeard is kind of known as this big, scary, murderous pirate. But like he and his crew... There are, there's no records of them killing anyone. Um, well, they, it's no different than really any other. Right. I mean, they, they might have. They're fighting, right? Right. It, it um, happens, but. They, they terrorize like no, nobody's business, but there really is, like, they, they are, all the reports of the ships that leave them are, you know, full and healthy crews. They just there are certainly that. worse records yeah. of oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. pirates' activity, and not just with killing, mm-hmm. just if you catch um, my drift. But their their big, like, big scary thing that Blackbeard and this crew do at this time is in May of 1718, they blockade and burn the port of Charlestown, South Carolina, which is Charleston, South Carolina now, but I'm going to refer to it as Charlestown through the... Well, that's what it was then. Yeah. Um, It's the same place. Same place. Yeah. Um, And this was like a a big freaking deal. This was like the thing that this crew does. Yeah. It was a big settlement. It's a big settlement. Um, And they they do some serious damage to it. Um, So like after that, it reaches this point where Blackbeard's ship and crew are like very recognizable, Mm. which is a problem. For a pirate, you yeah. like don't you kind of don't want to be that recognizable because the crown is really starting to try and crack down on piracy because sure. it's causing economic problems for them, right? Yeah, which so, is you know the part of their goal. So yeah, good yep. job, I guess, in that aspect. <laughs> and, yeah, so King George creates a pardon for pirates, which is sometimes known as the Act of Grace, right? And it says that if they give up their life of piracy, they can keep the loot that they've got so far and they'll be completely absolved of their crimes. They can just go and live normal lives. It's just as long as they don't go back to pirating. Because if you go back and do it again, the pardon is nullified, basically, right. is what it is. It's not a bad tactic. It's really not. It's actually it's, a really good tactic. For the point is down. to incentivize them to be able to say, I mean, you shouldn't have been doing this in the first place, but here you can keep all your money and go live your life now. Yeah. Um, they wanted them to give this, up without a fight. Rulers before this would have just taken the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lots and lots of pirates take the pardon. Of course they, they do. They it, Yeah, because, and some of them even m- get deals to turn around and right. hunt down other pirates. Yep, that's what I was going to say. That's, gotta, that's the flip side, right? Yeah, th- yeah, they will then go do that work for the crown instead of the crown having to put out men to do it themselves. Yeah, see, again, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a it's smart tactic. Smart move. Yeah, it's really smart. Because it's like, we're not coming for you. No, no, no. They weren't commissioned by us. Of course not. They've just changed their way. You know, it's a mm-hmm. PR spin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not not stupid. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So lots of people start taking this. Blackbeard and his crew are really successful. They really don't want 
that to be like they're not ready for retirement because that's basically what this is for these pirates is is retirement Mm. but it's getting real dicey out here for people who don't take it right the Mm. the timer's running out there's a deadline for you to be able to take the Mm. pardon in the first place anyway right right so blackbeard um it sails the queen and anne's revenge uh, into Topsail Island and runs it aground, which <laughs> if you don't he wrecks know both ship. things, he wrecks his ship. And right. not only does it, because if you run it to, run it aground, you can get it out of, the, it can, the tide can change, whatever. But then he runs a different ship into that ship and completely destroys it. Oh my God. Um, and, you know, old tellings of this story say this was an accident. These days we tend to think it was on purpose because mm. um, he was a- trying to, Kind of a bummer way for that ship to go down. Yeah. Um, but know? he was trying to... The other problem was that he at this point, he has like 400 men. So he was really mm. trying to downsize the crew also by yeah. getting rid of his big, big ship. Um, so after the crash, Steed and Blackbeard go to Bath, which is the capital okay. of North Carolina. Again, why are they still traveling together if he's <laughs> lost his ship? See, right. again, this yeah. is more evidence to the fact. Right. Um, they travel together to Bath to receive their pardons from Governor Charles Eden. So they decide, let's just bite the bullet. Let's go. Sorry, that Charles guy. Eden sucks. Oh, yeah, he sucks. Ugh. Yeah, he sucks big time. The worst. Um, secretly, Blackbeard had made, makes an arrangement with Eden that he would be allowed to, like, continue to attack ships as long as Eden got a cut of it. Yeah, Eden so, was super corrupt. So yeah, oh, big time. Not surprising. Yeah. So he, he, Blackbeard gets his pardon with the plan. So his plan was, let's crash my big, big ship because it's too recognizable and work to downsize some of the crew. And then let's get this pardon and um, only attack people who are perceived as enemy ships, like enemies to the crown. And then right. loot those So I can ships. keep making money. And then right. this guy gets and, a cut because he's not going to rat me out. Also not even technically privateering, which we'll talk about in one second. He, he really is just trying to like sneak through the back door with Eden. Like that's sure. like, yeah. Um, so he has that plan completely unknown to Steed. Um, so Blackbeard returns to the ships, the, cause they still have two ships. Right. Yeah. Returns to the ships um, while Steed stays behind because he wants to get permission to go to the island of St. Thomas to get a privateering license. Mm. So because privateering is just pirating for the crown, basically. Right. It's just illegal pirating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they're in a war with Spain right now. So he just wants to get a license to go attack Spanish ships. That's which is like, come on, man, you are not you're not qualified for that job. Well, Spanish merchant (laughs) ships, not warships. Your resume looks fine, but it's a. it's one of yeah. those resumes where you're like padding out the special skills with like you know a class you took in sixth grade that's like kind of relevant to this you know it's not right. really <laughs> so steve stays back a little longer than blackbeard and when he returns to topsail island he finds that blackbeard has marooned the crew of the revenge uh-huh. and stripped the revenge of all of its supplies loot and all other useful f- material and left on the adventure on mm-hmm. the other ship so at this point, Steve realizes that this was his plan all along, right? He didn't right. know it, but at least Blackbeard, for a while. And yeah. crashing the revenge was trying to get rid of his big ship and downsize his crew a little bit. And then he downsizes his crew a lot by leaving all of the people who are still at least somewhat loyal to Steed behind mm. 
and taking a smaller crew with him on the adventure. Which is like, bummer. You gotta do, you gotta do man. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, so this, when I'm talking about messy breakup, this is what I mean. Like, yeah, oof, right. that's rough. That's rough Yeah, stuff. that's pretty messy. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty messy. Um, so he threw Steve all takes... of his stuff out of the apartment window, then locked the apartment and left. <laughs> and also all of his, uh, not to call his crew his pets, but like in this me- yeah, metaphor, yeah. right? Like leaves his pets <laughs> yeah. out in the cold. On the like, lawn, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, Steed takes control of the revenge again uh, with his crew because now they hate Blackbeard because he left him there. At least he left him his ship, I guess. Yeah. That he well, technically it was, owns. It was the not as good one. <laughs> yeah, but the other is, one was bigger he, and had more Steed guns. owns it and yes, he, he left it. So I yeah. guess there's that. <laughs> um, and they also shortly after find a few other men that Blackbeard had marooned on a nearby on sandbar. Way. And... Mm. Have, have them join the crew as well. Interesting. And initially, Steed and his crew want to find Blackbeard and get revenge for the betrayal, right? They're, Good luck, they're angry. Yeah, Good luck. They're angry. Um, they hear that he's near Ocracoke Inlet and they sail there, but by the time they get there, Blackbeard is gone and they just decide to give up on that vendetta and Steed and Blackbeard will never meet again because by the end of this... That's well, kind of sad. And it's really sad that that's how it leaves. Well, and by the end of this calendar year, they will both be dead, right? Right, yeah. Because just That's, that's just the truth of the matter. And that's so, why I have a lot of mixed feelings about all of that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a like, lot. Well, sometimes I hate that guy. Sometimes I really like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> They're all criminals. So what am yeah. I talking about? <laughs> Very much that. That's the yeah. whole energy of all of this. But I also, think. you know, I don't, I don't hate the people. Uh, you know, I, they're ripping off the right people, I guess. So like, that's yeah. cool. But like, also not. They do a lot of other stuff. Pirates are complicated, man. They are. They are. <laughs> I'm with you. Um. So Steve had intended right to sail to St. Thomas for his privateering license, but at this point, his ship is without supplies. Right. So if they want to get stuff, they basically have to start pirating again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they decide that's what they're going to do, but going back to pirating would nullify his pardon. Mm -hmm, He wouldn't be able to keep it anymore. So he comes up with a little bit of a plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, he changes the name of the revenge to the Royal James. Again, a good, a really good (laughs) dig at George, which I'm deeply into. Big Um, shift too, though. Yes, put royal but in that's, the name. that's kind of the point, right? Because yeah. he kind of wants yeah. to see oh, no, like I know. he's... Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's called the Royal James now. And he decides to call himself Captain Thomas and hopes that okay. if they keep pirating and he's under the alias, he won't be found out. Sure. Okay. So he kind of goes by Captain Thomas for from here on out. Well, until he they get caught. Um, right. Also, with the first few ships that they encounter when they decide they want to go back to pirating, they quote unquote trade with them, which basically means they would take the ship's goods at gunpoint and then leave like some rice and some cables behind and call that a trade. So that way they could like kind of loophole their way out if they get caught, you know? But pretty soon after that, they give up on the pretense of trading and they just go back to pirating. The well, sure. Um, this is the most successful period of his career because at this point, he's seen some stuff. He has an he- actual reason for revenge now. 
And he knows what he's doing more than he did when he started. Like, right. he, I he mean, has... he's basically been shadowing the greatest pirate of all time. Exactly. For quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he attacks another 11 ships and even manages to retain control of two ships, the Francis and Fortune, who, like, sail with him on and off for a while here, too. So, like, he, he kind of makes a name for himself here. Um, uh, some fun facts about this time. Great. Um, he... So, you know, there's this thing with pirates that they make people walk the plank, right? Right. That was not a thing. No, they didn't not really. really do that. You would just, if you wanted someone to go overboard, you would just literally toss them off the boat. Send exactly. Them overboard. But more likely you were going to maroon them. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, Steed made people walk the plank. Of course he did. Because um, he's like a pirate fangirl. Exactly. He yeah. read... All of the novels. And he said, yes, please. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Hold on. I want to talk about his pirate flag. I need to find it, though. I was just looking at it. Yeah. It's delightful. It's like the skull. Yeah. So it's a a skull in the middle with a bone underneath of it. And then on one side, there's a dagger. And on the other side, there's a heart. Which I just think is so fitting for him. Yeah. That's fabulous. And his personality. It's a great design. Um, yeah, I, what I, I was, am truly shocked you don't already have a t-shirt with that on it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, what, when I was reading about him, it said that he actually, uh, like, he probably flew a standard Jolly Roger a fair bit. Um, there aren't actually a ton of reports of him using this, but it's this design has only ever been associated with him to my knowledge, which is mm. why I like it. Um you know, maybe it's been my guess too, is but. that it was probably during this time. Probably. He, um, flying, he yeah. also flew a red flag a lot. Like just a blood red flag was a like we're coming for you yeah, kind of yeah. signal. Um, anyway, so that was just another little fun thing about this time. He's also starting to get more like dictatory at this point. Like wow. he's because he's angry now. You know what right. I mean? Like he's a lot more like. Uh, do whatever yeah. I say kind of attitude at this point. Um, so yeah, they're they're successful for a while. Uh, his ship needs careening, which is just some like repairs to the mm-hmm. hull of the ship. Mm-hmm. So he stops at the estuary of the Cape Fear River to repair his ship. Cape Fear's in North Carolina. Right. Um, And he and his men stay here for about 45 days. The thought is that they were probably trying to wait out the hurricane season. So they needed to do these repairs anyway. They find themselves this sort of secluded little area and decide to just wait out the bad weather. Um, Which is why, you know, when they're sailing, they sail like up the East Coast and then back down. And they're just trying to avoid hurricane season. Like that's (laughs) the whole point of all of that. Um, by this point, Steve had made enough of a name for himself that the local governors start to feel, like, threatened by him. And it's the only place he sails. <laughs> like yeah, you just said, yeah. it's, like, the only place he sails. Everybody goes just up and down and up and down and right. up and down. Um, but he's not going out to the islands, right? So uh, he's just no, well, kind of... They sail, they sail the Caribbean when it's, time, when it's like, mm, okay. that time. But it's just, this is the time of year, so this is where sure. they... Are. Um, so normally for when hurricane season hits, they would have sailed up north yeah. um, and pirated up there for a while, right. but they decide to stay instead. Um, 
So like I said, Cape Fear River is in North Carolina, which is ruled by Governor Eden. Um, and he's not concerned with pirates because he makes deals he's with them all the time. And he's super them. corrupt. He doesn't care. The governor of South Carolina, Robert Johnson, hates pirates. <laughs> oh, he hates them, especially the people who were involved in the attack on Charlestown. Right? Sure. Like that is Match. his big place. And right. Steed was there for that attack. So he doesn't really like the guy. Uh, Governor Johnson uh, discovers that. I, I've, I've read that it, they just found out that there were some pirates in the area. Like he might not have known that it was Steed specifically initially, but he hates pirates and he's out to get them. So mm. he's like, yeah, go get them. Um, but he discovers that Steed's in Cape Fear and authorizes Colonel William Rett to lead an expedition against him, even though he's in North Carolina. So it's completely mm. out of his jurisdiction. He doesn't care. He right. just hires somebody to go get these guys because he knows that Eden's not going to do anything about it. So, Rhett arrives at Cape Fear River on sep- the night of September 26, 1718, in the Henry and the Sea Nymph. Which Ooh, was like, that's another good right? one. Right? I liked that one. Sea Nymph. Um, when they get there, it's night, it's low tide, they decide to wait till morning to do anything. But, you know, they've lost the element of surprise because Steed has seen them mm, come in. Right. Um, so, he gets all of the men from the other ships and gets them all on their revenge and decide he could either start sailing, run away and start sailing up the river or mm-hmm. he can try and slip past them and sail back out to sea. Those are his options. And he decides he wants to try to get back out to sea. So that way he can have like more options to get out. Right. Yeah. Seems like a bad move though. So in the morning of the 27th, you know, they all start approaching each other and they, all three ships get grounded in shallow water. Oh. All three of them. And they're forced to fight. Um, this is known as the battle of Cape fear river. And, Steed actually has the advantage for the majority of this just based on how he's positioned right. and stuck, right? right? Like he just got stuck in the right place. Um, so they fire at each other for like five hours, I think. Oh my just, it's just a firefight ship to ship, like handguns right. and cannons and stuff. Um, and then, what, but when the tide starts to come in, Rhett's ships gain the advantage before Steed gets the chance mm. and he's forced to surrender. And he was like, threatening to shoot people if they didn't fight he was um gonna blow up the ship before he let them get taken and his crew had to be like no we're gonna surrender right wow because he just he he does not want to get caught it is like his worst nightmare (laughs) i mean he's been running since he left his family (laughs) exactly So Steed and the 33 crewmates who survived the fight are all arrested and taken to charlestown uh, Steed's crew are all kept like in the jail, but because he's a gentleman, he's kept oh. in the house of, of the town marshal, Nathaniel Partridge. That um, is wild. Yeah. Like how that, that, that still that is a thing. standing still allows him to be like, you know, kept under guard there. So they're held there. That's for that three... rich people privilege, baby. Yes. Yes. That's that white privilege, baby. Yes. So they're held there for three weeks um, wow. as they're, like, awaiting trial. Uh, and Steed manages to escape because they <laughs> weren't watching him very yeah, closely. Yeah, because he wasn't in jail. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he escapes with his sailing master, David Harriet, on October 24th, 1718. Um, so they, like, dress as women and, like, Classic. sneak out. Um, Classic. And they, they steal a little uh, boat 
uh, there is a, I can't remember the guy's name, but there's this guy, they take his boat and then they like arrange a deal with him to like give them some guns and stuff. Um, so they're with, um, an enslaved person and a Native American. I don't know if they were also running away or if these just happened to be the people that they like ran into while they were running, you know, like I have have Mm -hmm. no clue. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, they seal a boat and they make it to the North Shore of Charlestown Harbor. um, And they're forced to Sullivan's Island. They like get stuck there. And that's where Steed is like, hey, dude, you said you were going to give us these like guns and supplies, but you haven't yet. He sends them back with one of the men and then those people get captured and the oh they God. find the letter so they know where he is um and like while they're gone johnson was like deep in it people were mad because they thought that he was like in on steed's escape oh, and like so his okay. public perception is really bad so he had placed a 700 pound bounty on steed's head which was like cash money then Ooh. that was that was money yeah that's, that's a couple, lot that was like a couple thousand couple hundred thousand dollars today yeah um he was angry he wanted this guy um wow. And so he had a posse, you know, set out, um, and Rhett was supervising the posse, the same guy who got him the first time. And they go to Sullivan's Island, and they find them, and they open fire, and they kill Harriet and the two other men that were with them, and they capture Bonnet and return him to Charlestown. It was drama. It was wild. Yeah, that's, wow. That's Mm -hmm. a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Uh, weirdly enough... Steve is, like, really popular with the people of Charlestown. Um, I think it's because, you know, they kind of see him as being a little more like them because he's an aristocrat. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, they, they're just, and like... And pirating is still, you know... Yeah. Fanciful. Sexy, like... Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But, but mostly... But it really is mostly just that these people are like, oh, this poor guy... This poor right. guy like us, you know? Yeah. Probably um, got tricked into it. Yeah. 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 Or, or like, oh, he just wanted to be free, don't we all? You know, like <laughs> right. that kind of energy. Yeah. Um, so this is a quote I found. While awaiting trial, some sort of civil uprising in his support took place within the city. An event authorities would later describe as having nearly resulted in the burning of the town and the overthrow of the government. Which Another seems like a little burning bit of an exaggeration of, to me, but like... <laughs> For real, like, uh, apparently, like, the women were very much in love with him. Oh, you know, sure. they, like, saw him as this figure. Sure. Um, people were mad. They really liked him. Well, we've all seen how some people react to criminals when yeah. they are even a little bit, like, good looking. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the rest of his crew stands trial. 29 of the 33 pirates captured with Steed are found guilty. And they are all hanged on November 8th, 1718. Why? And okay. I'm, why I don't know. I have no idea why the other four weren't. Okay. No clue. Couldn't tell they you. They were like, you were captured with him, but you're not like these other guys. <laughs> yeah. I, some of the people might have been from some of the ships that they had captured previously and genuinely kind of coerced into doing that, stuff. You know, we weren't part of the crew. We were right. kind of, yeah, well, sure. And, okay. and so here's the thing. On November 10th, 1718, Steed goes to trial, right? Um, He can only be formally charged with two acts of piracy against the Francis and the Fortune because the commanders were there. It was, like, recent Mm. enough, and they had, you know, sent those guys away and taken some of their people on to their 
like and those were the ships ship. they had too yes right yes, like exactly. in their possession that's why that's the only two that they can properly charge him with because right. they were there and the commanders were there to say yes that's the guy right right um so, so maybe those other people who were not found guilty like were from these ships or something you know or sure. testify yeah, okay. in such a i have no idea um yeah, so despite him being really successful for this time and having all of these ships, these are the only acts of piracy they can officially charge him with. Um, before their deaths, during their testimonies, most of Steed's crew testified against him, you know, wow. said that it was him and, and and talked about him being, like, kind of a tyrant the last, wow. like, few months on the boat. Again, this That's is how little... we have record of these last few months of his yeah. work. That, it's a little crazy to me because it's like, I get it, he's a bad captain and then he was you know they were all frustrated with him before and then he was kind of a tyrant but also like he did kind of save you after you were marooned like you probably would have died there so that's like wow okay Mm -hmm. little bit of a breach of the code (laughs) a little bit but okay Um, but you know trying to save your own skin i get it well and here's the other thing at this point they were even more frustrated with him because he was uh, before they all died he was being kept in the fancy house well yeah they that's were true. all in the poor p- conditions of the jail that you know, is like, true and he tried to escape and leave them all there so exactly. I, okay all right i'm back on it i'm back yeah. on their side a little bit um steed of course pleads not guilty and claims that he was f- he was the one who was forced to do mm. all the acts of piracy and of that course. he'd been trying to get off the boat that he was never a part of it in the first place. Like, he was, it was very dramatic. Like, he really, like, told the story, you know? Yeah. Um, the judge isn't buying it. He's like, absolutely <laughs> not. And Steed is found guilty and sentenced to death, right? Mm. Uh, so his execution is scheduled for December. It's, like, early November by the time the trial finishes. Right. And um, I'm just going to read this quote because I think it puts it really well. While awaiting his execution, Bonnet wrote to Governor Johnson, begging abjectly for clemency and promising to have his own arms and legs caught off as assurance okay. that he would never again commit piracy. He is groveling at this point. He is so afraid yeah. of being hanged, right? Because well, this was all this big, exciting thing for him, right? Until yeah. it got real. <laughs> Um, Charles Johnson wrote that Bonnet's visibly disintegrating mind moved many Carolina- Carolinians to pity particularly the female population and london papers later reported that the governor delayed his execution seven times wow so he was he was trying to convince johnson to let him go back to england for a more thorough trial that's like what he was trying to do and apparently even rhett the guy who captured him was so moved by his whatever his groveling <laughs> to the point that he offered to sail Steed to England himself for a new trial. Wow. He said, I'll take this guy if you agree to give he him. He would have been trial. better off in England. He probably just would have been imprisoned for a yep. while. And then, yep. Yeah. Or like slapped on the wrist or like to- made to stay exiled. there instead of he go probably back to have Barbados. Been or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like given up his titles or something like mm-hmm. that. He would have fared much better in England. But yeah. Governor Johnson is not convinced. He hates wow. pirates. This guy was a part of the sack of Charleston. He was, he embarrassed Johnson by escaping. Mm-hmm. He, like, he has it out for this guy, you of know? Of course. Uh, so, eventually, Steed Bonnet is hanged at White Point Garden in Charlestown on December 10th, 1718. 
And today there's a historical marker in Charleston, South Carolina, near where he was hanged. Wow. And that's like kind of all we're left with with him. Man. Yeah. It got so dramatic. Wild story, right? Yeah. What a weird, weird dude. (laughs) I just, I just like, I, I saw an ad for Our Flag Means Death a while ago and was like, oh, that's a really interesting concept and, and heard that it was about a true story, but didn't like loose. Mm -hmm. It's very loosely based. Like if you watch the show, you'll know that like half of that doesn't happen. Although I will say they, that they do a good job of portraying his personality, I think. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and some of the choices they make, I won't say anything specific because you haven't finished it. Um, but some of the choices they make of some of the ast- historical events that he, that actually mm-hmm. did happen to him, like the way they kind of like twist it and change it a little bit for the sake of the plot is really interesting well, to me. Well, it's campy. Yes. It's a campy, you know, mm-hmm like romance comedy mm-hmm. yeah i'll say uh, i'll say for the folks Pulled who have, from truth stories yeah right. i'll say yeah. for the folks who have watched it episode nine to me is the one where they really play with the real history in a really interesting way and we can wrap back okay. to that for our personal discussion later anyway. well there's a lot of imagining of his personal history yes yeah. That like, you and know, then like playing for with the real TV historical show. events. Right. Just right. playing with it because it's not meant to be historically accurate. Anyway. It's not I a had, documentary. No. <laughs> at all. I had heard about it and thought it was really cool and then started watching it and going like, this person is ridiculous. Yeah. I have to know more about him. And then when I learned more about him, I was like, oh, he really was that ridiculous. Yeah. In like I the knew, best, most delightful way. I knew of him. Right. Because I, you know, went through a pirate stage when who, I was in high who school. Who hasn't? Who the Pirates of the Caribbean Pirates movies of the were, Caribbean they were very big when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I knew a little bit. But Everyone's I didn't know, like, I didn't know his story. But I knew the name. Like, when I started watching the show, I was like, oh, this is who this is about. Got it. Right. But, um, yeah, that was really interesting. I liked yeah. that one a lot. Thanks. And I also a lot just of find mixed emotions. <laughs> yeah. I find all the stuff with him and Blackbeard so interesting because we think yeah. of Blackbeard as this like completely independent, big, big, terrifying person. And like he yeah. literally would not have had his career without Steed. And that's really weird for me to think about. <laughs> yeah. He was dope in that fourth Pirates movie, man. He was. <laughs> that movie was just okay, but he was cool. <laughs> There were parts of it I really liked. Yes. Same. But it was just like totally separate from the other ones by the time exactly. we got there. So it was like, all right, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, the love story was over. So what was the point? What was the point? Anyway. Okay. I got to move on mm-hmm. from that. Let's move on then. Okay. History's great, but today is cool too. What's your favorite thing about modern times? Welcome to Modern Times. It's a segment of the podcast where we talk about the things that we like about the here and the now. And it's been a while. a while. If you're new, yeah. this might it be your good. first Modern Times because I can't remember the last time we've done it. <laughs> Me either. It felt good to sing this song. Yeah. I liked it. Oh, this is going to be a long one. I just looked at our time. We've been talking know, about Steve for I, so long. I know, but I want to do one. because. Oh, no, I want to do one, too. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Because I picked something that's been on my brain, which is okay. media sometimes, analysis. Okay. I was going to yeah. say, sometimes I'm a little worried we're going to say the same thing. Yeah. Oh, same, same. <laughs> but okay. The media yeah. analysis. Media analysis. I'm obsessed okay. with it. The concept of just very carefully observing and picking apart the media that we consume. I love it. I love it. That's very interesting. I love, like, I am obsessed with 
like the reason that I get hyper fixated on things is because of this, yeah. right? Yes. So like I watch, I, I know that. <laughs> yes, I watch something that I enjoy, and then I find some piece of it interesting, so I start to read about it or break it down, mm-hmm. and then I find new things that are interesting or pieces yeah. of it that I hadn't noticed before that I want to go back and observe. Like that's the reason I've watched this show four times. It's because yeah. I keep finding new stuff to like look at. I just love it. I think it's a really cool communal way for people to enjoy things is by like together analyzing the media that we create. And also I just love stories. And so I love, you know, like metaphor and symbolism and all the things that come with that. And so I really like finding all of those pieces in that story. I just am delighted by the concept of this being a thing that we do. I will say I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Where I start to get frustrated is... um, the like think pieces the oh yeah opinion i have no interest stuff. in that that i have no interest i have in. no interest in that. like for example all the stuff now where people are like here's why bridgerton season two wasn't as good as season one and i'm like i don't care man i liked it i don't really care why you didn't like it like that's not i don't care mm-hmm. stop talking about it <laughs> i get really angry about yeah, stuff like that i understand that i'm like oh, oh it's, shut up just let it's people an easy like thing. stuff come on it's an easy thing to turn sour the this like concept of yeah the, an, analyzing the media totally it is just also something that like so my brain so aggressively works that way you like to dig into the details i do i I love it i love to like if i could if that could be my job just writing about the media that i consume i would do it in a heartbeat because i already good at that i already do it you know like that's already how i spend my time (laughs) yeah you do Mm -hmm. okay so mine is i think i might have coined this term just myself but i'm gonna call it the board game renaissance. Yes. Meaning I'm super into the fact that like board games yes. are in again. Yes. Oh my God, do I agree. I love a board game. Me and I too. think, you know, obviously a lot of people got a lot more into board games with, you know, like the panorama and everything going on and we're all stuck in our houses and we have always been fans of board games, but we definitely got into them more when yeah. it was like we were stuck at home. Yeah. I love board games and I love that people are into board games again. Yes. That's what I love. I love I, that people are loving board games again. I started getting like back into board because when we were kids, we played a lot of board we games. We played a lot of board games when we were kids, but it was also like, you know, the popular board games. So it was like we yes. were always playing Clue right. and we were always playing the game of life, which right. is what I But there my were also, we also had friends whose families weren't like that at all. Like, no, just, oh, you know? yeah. Most so of my We've, we've always been at least a little like that. We um, were the board game family. We were. Um, yeah. But like I started getting into board games again in college because I had large mm-hmm. groups of people to be able to play them with. And that's how I, I started. Didn't. That wasn't right. my college experience. And then I started finding cooler and cooler games mm-hmm. because I could play all of these different types of games with different people. And that's yeah. like kind of how I swung back around on it. Yeah, I love that people love board games again. Neat. It's so uh, yes. great. This is such a good one. I so agree. Thanks. This is a great one. Board games are back, baby, in a yeah. big way, and I love it. Yeah. That's mine. Great. Excellent. <laughs> well, that was a really good one. Thanks. I'm, um, I'm going to hate editing this, but I'm also going to love it because I, it shouldn't I be too bad. still find him so interesting. I yeah, listened to listen five to episodes of a podcast and like three documentary YouTube videos to learn about this man, and I could just keep doing it. I really don't I care. That. I love it. <laughs> well, I don't know what it's going to be next time because I haven't thought about it, but um, if anybody has any suggestions or if you have other things you'd like to 
talk to us about, you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at RTTPod. Um, and we would really love it if you would leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you want to find me on the internet, I'm at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. And um, if you are listening to this because you're a fan of our flag means death, talk to me about it, please, God. Please. <laughs> please interact with yeah. me on the internet about it because I'm obsessed and I want all of your thoughts and opinions. Yeah. Welcome. That's fair. Welcome to it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> all right. All right well, well, I think that's we it. it. So until next time. Remember that time. Remember that time.